0: Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Prepare to gag, yeah. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Radio Gag, the weekly Gays Against Guns show. Radio Gag is your weekly update on how to end the horror that is the American gun violence epidemic. Hi, I'm Sean Stefanik. And I'm Sarah Germaine Lilly. This week on
1: Radio Gag, we explore the many ways artists have become activists and how you too can get involved in the issues that you care about most by becoming an artivist. We'll be talking with artivist and organizer Alyssa Stein about artivism and we'll hear from Leslie Lee, the founder of the Soul Box Project, about the origami boxes thousands of people have come together to create
0: to commemorate the victims of gun violence. But first, our In Memoriam. In Memoriam, Musa Fofana. Musa Fofana was a junior at Columbia High School in Maplewood, New Jersey. He was a star soccer player and, according to his friends, a young man with a big smile, a warm heart, and a wonderful sense of humor. He was caring, motivational, funny, and truly inspirational, his fellow students have said. His mother, Hawa Fofana, called Musa a beautiful boy who would bake cakes for new neighbors to welcome them into the area. He would also walk friends home from school if he thought they needed emotional support or help with the problem. And he always helped his mom take care of his little brother, too. Hawa Fofana and Musa came to New Jersey from Liberia in 2015 and settled in Maplewood because of its safe and diverse environment. On the evening of June 6th of this year, Musa was shot and killed at the town's athletic complex. There are still no leads or suspects in the fatal shooting, and residents of the area continue to support Musa's family and rally near the school to make sure that this does not become a forgotten cold case. Please join us as we honor Musa Fafana today. We remember you, Musa.
1: Sean, we were talking about drag Mm -hmm. and how drag really has always been artivism
0: and activism. Uh, Can
1: you talk about that a little bit?
0: Yes, I I can certainly speak for myself personally as a gay man and probably for many other gay men out there that it has always been a, a fabulous platform for us to step up there and amplify our voices, especially as they've been silent. And with activism, it's always been an even greater tool to help us really have fun and really just like catapult the message out there because you can't ignore drag. It's even, I think even people who tell you that they don't like drag or lying. Everyone likes drag. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's fun.
1: Well, I heard about this strictly on the down low group called a uh, Queens of the night who go out and they, they spray paint and they message They might wheat paste and do these different things. you ever had a visit from
0: these mysterious queens? Well, they are very mysterious. So mysterious, in fact, that part of their drag is that we really don't see their faces. They are very coy and they're very good at it, but they're also all about the fun and even the frivolousness and the obnoxiousness of really getting the message out there and just not really caring whether or not you care whether or not they get onto your nerves because they, they, they'll they go to your scaffolding and they'll go to all sorts of different uh, places where they can wheat paste, where they know the message is going to be out. And what I can say is that whether you like it or not, you hear from them every now and then and every year, at least once a year, you hear from them. So you know what? I think I, I I think if they're listening now, it's a good time for you guys to get back to it.
1: Ah, oh, thank you, Queens of the
0: Night. Thank you. <laughs> You were saying the other day that you were talking to Alyssa Stein about her, like, endless involvement with with artivism and really craftivism because she's really good with glue, sequins and pink and black things. So she's definitely one of the best people to go to. She has an Etsy store. She's been endlessly, like, in her mad genius, you know, room, endlessly churning out all sorts of signage and buttons and even clothes. So, so yeah, what was that like, getting to interview about her? What did you have to say about that? Oh,
1: it was so much fun. Let's have a listen. Good afternoon, listeners. We're so excited to be here with the beautiful Alyssa Stein, who is an artivist and an organizer, and we're going to be talking today about artivism and I really wanted to speak to Alyssa because when I started thinking about this show I started calling it craftivism and got educated got woke and shifted into full artivism gear so thank you so much for joining us today Alyssa
2: Sarah I am so delighted to be here thank you so much for having this conversation sharing this part of activism with people and having me come and talk to you.
1: Why don't you give us some context and talk to us about what is artivism?
2: I had never heard the word artivism before. I had heard of craftivism and that's how I always thought of myself because I love to make things. And that was one thing that I could bring to the resistance was graphic design skills. That's one of my day jobs. And also I like to make stuff. So making posters, making outfits, making Facebook, you know, headers. It was all a part of what I did. And then somebody that we both know, Manny Oliver, um, Joaquin's father uh, from Florida, wrote on a post of mine, said, this isn't craftivism, this is artivism. When you use words and you're sharing a message with the people, that is art. And what you're doing is not crafting, you're creating art from a political and activist standpoint. You are an artist, And that really took my breath away because I had never thought of the power so much behind what I was doing. I was making things, but it turns out that through my experience in activism, the things I was creating were educating and engaging and bringing emotion to the surface for people, which is what art does. So it really is a perfect match between art and activism. And it's fun.
1: Now, I know you really stepped up your activism in 2016, 2017, and we saw a lot of artivism at that time, including bright pink pussy hats. What was that time like for you?
2: Well, first, I knit I think 11 or 12 of those hats for the Women's March. That was my, I need to do something. I need to make something. And so I knit like mad and covered them in jewels because that's what I do. And was giving them to everybody I know. But at the very beginning, I I hadn't found a group yet, but I, as so many of us were, was devastated and didn't know what to do with my anger and fear and frustration. And so, Soon after the election, maybe the day after or the day after that, Hillary Clinton's words of, he's a puppet, were resonating in my head. And so I made a tongue depressor puppet of Donald Trump. And my family was like, what are you doing? It's like, I don't know, this is something. So I took a tongue depressor and I used felt for hair and an orange crayon and a big Sharpie O for an open mouth. And then I started creating visuals every day of something he said, the the nonsense, the insanity of a quote or nominating you know, people for the cabinet who are totally inept. And I created a Facebook page called Trump Puppet Theater. And it became a thing. I had thousands of followers. And so every day I would, you know, didn't have to scour anything. Every day he said something stupid. But I was able to find, I guess, the humor and outrage and combine them in this completely juvenile and ridiculous way. And then I graduated to videos and I had you know, 20, 25,000 people watching my videos and sharing them. And so it was really cathartic to me to connect with all those other people, uh, to share a message of the insanity and ridiculousness of it all. And I did it until I couldn't find the humor anymore. You know, at the beginning, I think we were all shell-shocked as so we were looking for something, but it just became, this is our daily life. And so I couldn't do that. But by that point, I had found Rise and Resist. And so I found comrades to be out in the streets with. And so then my real life, in-person activist life started very fast and furious. But that was my in. Uh, That was my very first in to to artivism.
1: Well, listen, artivism is Gays Against Guns' wheelhouse. Uh, How did you get involved with
2: gag? I remember seeing gag at the very first resistance at pride parade i got to work on all of rise and resist graphics for that year so those were the giant yellow queer basher posters and proudly resisting rainbow postcards we went all out but gag was just everything their signs were rhinestone the people were in costumes it was just this activist Uh, angry, beautiful, humorous statement. And then I discovered Sing Out Louise, which is an outgrowth of Gays Against Guns. And there was so much crossover in those groups between Rise and Resist, Gays Against Guns and Sing Out Louise. And so when I found Sing Out Louise, I thought, this is it. I found my home. And so we so often sang at gag events. Uh, But then I found them just as they were launching into their own. So that was my entry to meeting these amazing, creative, fierce warriors. That's the joy of Sing at Louise and artivism in general. Like we always say that it's building community and it's increasing awareness to what's going on in the world from a political standpoint. But by doing it in a creative and engaging and fun way, it's not threatening. And so there were more people who would come and sing with us and then listen to the lyrics. It was like, whoa, I didn't realize I could say that out loud because it was joyful and because you were not alone and because we could find the humor while still telling a powerful story and sharing an important message. It really uh, changed the landscape of activism for me. So Alyssa,
1: what would you say to students and to people who want to get involved in artivism?
2: Find something that you enjoy doing because there's nothing that can't be used in the world of activism. Whether you are a singer or a songwriter or a painter or a designer, you know there's always a space for people who create in the world of activism. Because really what we're trying to do is share a message and put a message out there and through visuals and art, and music and dance and performance those are all ways of expressing what's inside of us but also engaging a community of others and so when you use your self your skills your passions to spread the word that becomes the most powerful form of of protest to me
1: Well, thank you so much, Alyssa, for being with us
2: today. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for highlighting this really important part of activism. For people to know that it's more than you're writing to your senator or being out screaming in the streets, that there's a role for all of us. And sometimes it can just be as simple as taking what you love to do and bringing it to the table.
0: You're listening to Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show here on listener sponsored commercial free radio WBAI. We're here every Tuesday at 2.30 bringing you the latest in gun violence prevention movement news. Next up, we have a special report on the Soul Box Project with Leslie Lee.
1: Good afternoon, listeners. I'm here with Leslie Lee, the founder and director of the Soul Box Project. So happy to be with you today, Leslie, and have our listeners hear about your work.
3: Yeah, thank you for inviting me. Thank you for their interest in the project.
1: Can you tell us about the Soul Box Project?
3: What this is, is a a national bit of artivism, okay? So it's a collective that is revealing the full extent of the gunfire epidemic in the U.S. And the way that we're doing this is we've asked people to make small origami boxes. They're about three by three. And those boxes can hold space for a particular individual or they can just hold space for a victim, you know, someone who's been killed or injured by gunfire. And that's um, up to 70,000 people a year now, you know, that that are being killed or injured by gunfire. And we need a way to show that visually. Th- those kinds of numbers don't make any sense to us in our heads, especially when it comes to counting human lives. You know, it's like one death is a tragedy, and you, once you get over one or two, it's a statistic. We don't want it to be a statistic. This is something that you need to respond to on a very visceral level. And so as an artist, I realized that that this is not gonna happen unless we have something visual. And so at this point we have over 180,000 of these little soul boxes that have been sent into our project. And we put them together in display panels they're very beautiful because people decorate these boxes. they come in they're colorful, you put them all together. it's gorgeous, and when people approach them, then they realize what they're looking at and it really packs a wall up so this is this is what we're trying to do we're We've collected these these boxes we've in the process of making these boxes, people have found a lot of solace. We're all makers, you know we're we really Doing things with our hands and putting our hearts into it is so therapeutic. It's so helpful. And we've gotten so much response about how people have talked about how calming and meditative and and educational it is to make these boxes. Because a lot of the people that have made them are not necessarily people who have been directly affected by gunfire. But they are people who care and so you know when when people look at these exhibits it's not only are they are they seeing the victims and names of victims and photographs of victims and and messages and artwork about the whole epidemic but they're also seeing the time and the love that people have put into making these boxes and the support of that for everyone who is affected You know, so it's it's a what we're doing is we're we're honoring and counting by showing these these boxes. We're providing that solace and we're also providing a very dramatic visual for all the initiatives that are working for a safer society.
1: Wonderful. You know, looking at the boxes and now also hearing you talk now, I'm thinking about Cleve Jones. He initiated the uh, AIDS Quilt Project and he started with a vision of people coming together in a a church group, in a community group, remembering their loved one and creating this piece for them. Mm -hmm. It's so moving.
3: It is, it, the AIDS quilt is absolutely, I mean, we are absolutely in, in the tradition of the AIDS quilt. I actually didn't realize that when I started this, <laughs> but it was, I was about a month into it when I was like, oh my gosh, what we're doing is another AIDS quilt, but for the gunfire epidemic. And it's, it's interesting that you brought Cleve up because I actually wanted to share a quote with you from Cleve. Oh, great. Yeah. Because this is, this is the exact same language that we use, you know, that we that we had already come up with before I ever came across this quote. But listen to this. It could be therapy, I hoped, for a community that was increasingly paralyzed by grief and rage and powerlessness. It could be a tool for the media to reveal the humanity behind the statistics and a weapon to deploy against the government to shame them. With stark visual evidence of their utter failure to respond to the suffering and death that spread and increased with every passing day.
1: Wow. Great. Yeah.
3: yeah. I mean, you know, he's talking about the AIDS epidemic or we're talking about the gunfire epidemic. And, you know, I have a graph that I use when I give talks to people that shows uh, the, the time period over which, which it was, was the most active the hiv cases just keep going up and up and up but the death from aids drops dramatically about 1996 as you well know and there's lots of reasons why that happened of course but you have to give the aids quilt and act up and all the things that you know organizations like gays against Gun have been doing to drive the conversation right to get that research, to get the funding, to get the education, to get the, you know, all those things that need to happen in order for people to take personal responsibility in making the epidemic less. And and it's the same thing with guns. People have to take personal responsibility because just like that HIV line that goes up and up and up and up, the gun sales just keep going up and up and up. We just have more and more guns. And the only way to get this under control is for every individual to understand that they have responsibility in this that they can take personal action they don't have to wait for the government to come up with some legislation
1: wonderful yeah and it's happening we're making a difference
3: one step one box at a time right
1: right right it's been so great talking to you today. Thank you for joining us. Is, is there something that you'd like to say to our listeners before we say goodbye?
3: Well, I would encourage you to find out more about our project. Um, you can go to soulboxproject.org. It's real easy. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn and it's always Soulbox project so as long as you put project on the end of soul box you'll end up in the right place so you can you can engage with us in any of those places and um, we'd love to hear your stories we're we're looking for stories about people who have been engaged in in the soul box project they found it beneficial and they want to share that with us we'd love to hear from you so just uh, keep in touch
1: Great. Thank you so much for being with us today, Leslie Lee of the Soulbox Project. We will be in touch. To find out more about working with us, please go to gazeagainstguns.net or follow us at gazeagainstguns on Instagram or gagnoguns on Twitter.
0: Come to a meeting. We meet on Zoom every other Thursday at 7 p.m. Our next meeting is this Thursday, 722, where we will be planning all kinds of great actions and protests, so please join us. Everyone is welcome at any and all gag events.
1: And another great way to get involved is by becoming a WBAI buddy. A BAI buddy is someone who keeps our unique volunteer-run radio station going by giving a small donation every month. And it is just a small contribution. Time contribution, please do. But this is the way that you give to, that's numeral two, give to WBAI.org or call 212 209-2950. 209-2950. That's 212-209-2950. And become a BAI buddy in the name of Radio Gag. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening. And we'll be back next Tuesday and every Tuesday at 2.30 p.m. And don't forget, you can listen to our previous shows at any time on the WBAI website or on any major podcast platform. We leave you once again with our fabulous political singing queertet, sing out Louise. One, two, three. Shake, Shake it up, baby now. Shake it up, baby. Resist and shout. Resist and shout. Come on, come on, come on, on come on, on, come, on, baby, come, on baby, now. come on, baby now. We're, We're gonna, gonna vote, them vote them all out. out. Vote them We'll vote them all out, honey. We'll make it understood. Understood. We got the GOP running now. They're gonna get what they should. Get what
2: they should shake it up, baby now.
0: Shake it up, baby. Resist and shake on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, baby now. Come on, baby. We're gonna vote them all out. Vote them all
2: out. Boom, 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 uh.
0: Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, baby, now. Come on, baby. We're gonna vote them all out.
3: Vote them all out.
0: Yeah!